Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Whiskey Society at Seven Grand, we had Mr. Brian Ponzi in the house from Sagamore Spirits based in Beemore, Baltimore, Maryland, bringing Baltimore style rye to the table. We tried their base spirit, which is bottled at 83 proof, their cast strength, which is surely gonna make you smile, a little bit of this experimental mark they call the double oak, and then the super rare and totally delicious port cask finish. Enjoy this podcast responsibly. That means do not spill a drop of whiskey except down your gullet. Gullet means your esophagus. Ah, yes. All right, that was, that was a bit fast for a slow clap. I guess people are excited. I think we needed to pick it up for this volume, you know? Okay, okay. It's a nice, intimate Monday. We're, gonna, we're just going to spice it up with a fast clap. That's good. Thank you guys for coming out to the Whiskey Society tonight. Welcome. We've got the one and only Brian Ponzi in the house with Sagamore Spirit, based out of Baltimore, right? That's right. Come on, That's step right. right in here. Give it up. How are we all doing? Good, good. I like to start off the talk of rye whiskey by saying, all rye, all rye, all rye. <laughs> I think that's a wild turkey thing now. Nah, don't worry about it. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Not trademark. <laughs> so Sagamore, where to begin? Have you, who here has heard of Sagamore Spirit or familiar with us or tasted us? I've Anybody? heard you guys are killing it on the East Coast right now. Like you guys are blowing up. It's a rye whiskey in... The style, what they're calling is Maryland style, which is from the Northeast, but I've heard great things about you guys from everybody out in New York and such. So Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Maryland style rye. I'm sure all of you guys have been familiar with Pikesville, right? Pikesville, very popular, still here to this day. They were the last remaining Maryland style rye. And I'm sure if you flip the back label, it'll say, you know, till the 50s, they were bought out by Heaven Hill. Uh, but are you know still paying tributes to Maryland? Do they make a Maryland style today? A Maryland style today? I'm not really sure because you know they don't really say that they do it anymore. But Maryland style to us, me and at Sagamore is drinkability. All of our spirits that you're about to taste today are going to be relatively smooth going down. So there's no legal definition mm-hmm. as to what a Maryland style rye has to be. Yes. So what is the mash bill for this rye whiskey? Because I know that yeah, like Pikesville, I thought that that's like a 95% rye mm-hmm. with either malted barley. And a lot of times when you have that high of a rye content, you also have to add enzymes to help with the fermentation. But you guys bought this whiskey, right? This stuff that you're selling right now is stuff that you bought. And then the stuff that you're currently making will be available further down the road. Am I correct? Correct. Correct. So this is MGP juice. This is our recipe. We've been hands-on the whole process the whole time. So if you don't know what MGP, that's Midwest Grain Products. It, it was a Seagram's uh, plant back in the 80s, and when Seagram's was dissolved, they still continued to make whiskey, but as private labels. So making whiskey for other people to bottle, put their label on, and sell in the market. And still to this day, for a company such as Sagamore, which is trying to gain some shelf space in the liquor world, what they do first is sell other people's whiskey, bottle it and sell it. And you know, there's a lot of play that can happen in terms of the flavor profile, just because 
you're not actually making it, you can still create a lot of different flavor profiles by the ways that you barrel it or the different mash bills and the different blends they're doing at MGP. But it's located in uh, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. And uh, the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest master distiller that you've never heard of is Larry Ebersol, the guy who for years has been the master distiller there, making all these different brands of a lot of rye whiskeys because Seagram's is, well, once was a, an American blended whiskey, meaning they made different batches there that they would then blend to sell you Seagram 7. So they would make batches of just rye whiskey, batches of just corn whiskey, batches of just wheat whiskey, and then have the ability to blend them to create this wonderful, what they thought was the best blend in the world, Seagram 7. Um, but then when Seagram's got dissolved, they were sitting on rack houses with thousands and thousands of barrels of those individualized whiskeys. So in this case, that's the gold mine of rye whiskey for all these new brands that are coming to the market. They're able to go out to MGP and barrel select and then release exactly what we have here. And so what's the proof on this Sagamore Spirit Rye? So what we do at Sagamore and what our interpretation of a Maryland style is, is we distill a high rye, 95% rye, 5% malted barley, distill and barrel age separately, and then we make a second whiskey of 52% rye, 43% corn, and five malted barley, distill and barrel age that separately. Everything's barrel aged for around four years, 10 months, depending on the rack. Then we blend it together and proof it down with natural limestone water. The reason why I passed out these little flyers, it's the best picture that I have to pass out of our spring house. That little house dates back to 1909. Natural limestone water, this is an aquifer. So literally, you walk, open the doors of this spring house, look at the floor, and it's a puddle of water. Little bubbles of dirt are just coming, of water coming straight from the ground and filling the spring house up. And then there's a little hole in the back, and it goes and throughout the whole farm. So Sagamore is the name of a place, if you're not familiar with it. 600-acre farmland just north of Baltimore, about uh, 15, 20 miles. And that is what we think is the lifeblood of our distillery, is the water. You know, very high in pH, great minerality, and as you're tasting these spirits, you can kind of get a little bit on the back end. And remember that, and just like Jack Daniels, you know, they think their caves is very special. This spring house is what's special to us. So you're using this spring water to bring your whiskey down to proof. The whiskey's made in Indiana, then you bring it out, you're aging it out in Maryland, and then proofing it with this beautiful yeah. Maryland spring water. That's exactly right. Bring it over, we proof it down, barrel age it. Um, on the farm is actually an, an old school whiskey barn that we repurposed. We had, actually had the Amish come in and build it by hand, build our racks. Holds about 10,000 barrels now, and that's our main uh, barrel aging barn, which we do most of our aging at. And you now have a distillery running at that facility. Correct. It's just that that whiskey's not ready for us to drink yet. Am I right? Yep, you're right. Um, so our distillery's been open three to four years now out in Baltimore. It's a huge operation. Uh, welcome to go visit it. Tours every day. We have a restaurant on the property. And that's where... Is the food good? Food's amazing. <laughs> Get the fried chicken. Trust me. Uh, but we are... Right? We are making our own juice now. So you will see this in the market. And we're expecting to have everything flawless. This should be an easy transition. No one should notice the difference from us because we, we've been basically having full control of everything since the beginning. So 
Let's try it. And then I want, yeah, I'm going to ask more questions about like, the moving forward with the stuff that you guys are making. So stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth. Tell me about what food words you're reminded of or, or whatever experience it could be. Yeah. Happy Monday, everyone. It's a good ending to a Monday. Getting like a very like, <laughs> nice, sweet, like yellow bell pepper. Ooh, that's good, Seth. What are you guys getting back there? I'm getting a certain mintiness and a little bit of cinnamon. What else? What are you guys getting? Honey. Honey. Kristen, what are you getting? <laughs> it's okay. That's, no, that's what to, it's okay to be new to this. It's okay. There's no wrong answers. That's the whole thing about smelling and tasting is that it's unique to your experience. No one can tell you what you're experiencing, you know, because it's all based on your own memory, you know? All the rest of your senses are hardwired. Your ability to smell and taste, they have to go through your memory banks. It's a, it's a fun thing. So you're not wrong. It's okay to like just be guessing. Just keep trying. Like we just want to expand our vocabulary of food words. Or it could be a color. You know, in the perfume world, they talk about colors like these scents are yellow, these scents are purple, these scents are green. And that's okay too. Or it could be like, this whiskey smells like my grandma's closet. And I'll be like, I'm sorry for your trauma. <laughs> Together we'll get better, you know. No, I mean it might be wool or something. Yeah. There's there's lignans in in the wood. So there's so many different things. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a food. It could be a fabric. It could be dirt. It could be uh, the smell of uh, your street after it rains. Uh, so I don't know why this came up in my head right now, but it's kind of like a charcoaly taste. Mm -hmm. Like. When you cook with charcoal? Sure. Yeah. Well, they are using charred oak barrels. Do you yeah. know what the number of char is that you guys are using? It's a meat. We call it a medium because it kind of ranges from three to four. So you guys aren't using, so you're getting the barrels from Indiana and then putting it in your own barrels in Maryland? No, no, no. We actually buy our barrels in Missouri. Right. So Independence Dave Company? Uh, Kelvin Cooperage. Kelvin Cooperage. Yeah. Okay. And you have a little bit of control over like you buy three and fours in right. terms of the char number on those? Yeah, they, they range it because, you know, they're a little smaller operation, but we call it a medium just in case there's some fluctuation. So you could be getting that, that charcoal note, could be you're getting that barrel, you know? And also other things that come out of the barrel like vanilla and caramel, the caramelized sugar of the white oak tree. That's what gives this whiskey all of its color and most of its flavor. You guys aren't adding any, any artificial colorings, right? Not at all. Not and at all. to me, this is like... It's got some serious density to it. Like, uh, you guys aren't doing any chill filtering on this. So what do you guys get as you tap this over your tongue? So now you've smelled it. Sometimes your nose will lead you in one direction. You might be, I'm getting like golden raisins. And then you put it on your tongue and it's actually plums or whatever, you know? So it can change from your nose to your tongue and allow that surprise to occur. That's part of the fun as well. I'll say the smell is kind of caramelly. I'll okay. Yeah. A unique characteristic I usually get drinking this particular Sagamore is citrus. You, like right when you hit your tongue, you get a little burst of orange peel. And I just feel like that's something you don't really see in rye. Um, yeah. And I say it's kind of unique to our style and you know our water. And that's why this makes great old fashioned. We want our traditional Sagamore 83 proof to be enjoyed by everybody. And we designed it to do that. Well, 83 proof, that's an easy sipper. Yeah. A lot of whiskeys are a lot hotter than that, especially rye whiskeys. They tend to, like, people like to bottle them at like 90 proof. So this is kind of an easy 
road into the world of rye. So what are you guys getting as you tap that over your tongue? Share your experience, the please. The aftertaste, for some weird reason, is just reminding me of aloe. Aloe? <laughs> it's it's floral. It's floral. It is floral, absolutely, because I'm getting like bubblegum and aloe, which is definitely in that wheelhouse of floral flavors. I'm getting like that orange zest. I'm also getting some maple syrup kind of mm -hmm. vibe. And then I get that char. Definitely it's got that nice charcoal thing underneath the, the maple. Mm -hmm. Black pepper, forward. black pepper. So yeah, that rye spice. I always find that our spirits have rye in the beginning, but then go down. It's just so smooth, mm. and I feel like that's when the Maryland style really comes into play is on that finish. And so, if I'm looking for this, have you? You guys are just coming into the Southern California market. You're you're booming on the East Coast. Everybody's freaking out about the Sagamore out in New York. I'm sure you're doing great in Bmore, right? Oh, of course, of course. Come on, it's your native spirit. <laughs> Are you guys really popular in Baltimore right oh, now? Oh, yes, very popular in Baltimore, D.C., basically all over the East Coast that we do extremely well. Cool. I love D.C. What's the bottle price then? Yep, uh, SRP is usually around $39.99. Yeah, for this. Very affordable. Very affordable. Like I said, we want to get this in the average, you know, new whiskey drinker's mouth, and we designed it to do that. Anything to do with the, uh, your bottle? Finishing your bottle because it's kind of unique. Yeah, you've got a very cool bottle. He's he's complimenting you on the bottle. It looks like a cool, like almost like a perfume style bottle. It's it's got uh, chiseled edges like a jewel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, six sided bottle. Uh, we originally had you know a normal just regular old bottle, and a couple years ago when we started launching the brand, we're like, you know what, like how do we take this off? How do we be different? And we kind of crafted this cool design, six sided. And uh, the Chevron logo is what we're known for now. Uh, and if you guys like acclaims, uh, 95 points by the tasting panel on this 83. Screen. Wow. That's an amazing rating. They, they don't give out cheap ratings over there. That's really cool. So what is this second one here? Do we have an, uh, Stephanie hasn't come around. Did she pass you guys the second one? Yeah, we're ready. All right. So I love the top of this label. It's got two of my favorite words emblazoned right across the top of the label there. It says, cask strength right which means as strong as it comes out of the barrels but they're going to put it into the bottle they're not watering this down to proof so tell us the story behind this one because you guys must not have that much of it right cask strength usually you're selecting a small batch maybe combining four or five barrels i mean how many barrels are you putting into this batch of the cask strength and how much can we get out here in california so actually this is one of our best sellers this truly gives what i think is a maryland style our cask strength I think what really comes out with the drinkability and the sweetness, it's very um, sneaky, I guess is the term. Um, so it is available. Uh, and what's interesting is about the cash strength in all of our whiskeys, it's the same mash bill, just different finishes. So our cash strength, the exact same mash bill and build as the first whiskey, just with no water. Do you have, do you have water to, to drink it or do you drink it yes? Uh, we drink it cast strength, but you, you're welcome to put a drop in it. You can always make it, you can add a drop at a time until it gets to the proof point that tastes good to you in the glass. But I always would suggest, especially when you bought a bottle of cast strength, don't automatically put water in it. Try it the way that the person who bottled it would like you to try it. You know what I mean? That's the whole idea is that they think that this is really good and they're kind of banking their job on it. So extend a little trust, have a taste and see how you like it without adding anything to it. Uh, right, and so tap it over your entire tongue, guys. So stick your nose in that glass, and this is—it can be really hot. So that's why I say 
stick your nose in the glass and breathe in through your mouth. So you're cooling that alcohol vapor across the back of your palate. By breathing in through your mouth, you're only gonna pull in a little bit of air through your nose. So you're slowing it all down. If you just smell alcohol, it just means you're going too fast. So take it easy, baby. It's only Monday. We got the rest of the week to get through. Don't burn out your nose tonight, all right? So smell this whiskey and share your experience, guys. What is this cast strength? For me, this is, okay, so you might be a beginner. You'd be like, I don't know how to do this. Cast strength, I think, makes it easier because it's not watered down to proof. That higher alcohol content pushes the flavor profile forward. It actually should be a little more obvious than the 83 proof in terms of what food words you're reminded of or what experiences. So check it out. Tell me what you think. Uh, so after, hopefully you all sipped it already. It's 112. Uh, Nelson, but don't fall down, buddy. <laughs> doesn't taste like 112, right? Goes down nice and smooth. I believe this is a truly what a Maryland style can do and what they were doing back then. And that's why it was so popular and so easy to drink. Um, and I believe this cash strength is what truly represents a Maryland style. So let's do the math between the two different mash bills. Tell yep. me the first mash bill percentage of rye. 95% rye, 95 malted barley. Okay. Yep. And then the other one is? 52 rye, 43 corn, 5 malted barley. So the combo is somewhere in the 70s? Yeah, so it ends up being, we do two parts uh, high rye, one part low rye. Ends up being about a 75, 30, uh, sorry, 25%. Bad math. 75, 25. So whiskey will do that to you sometimes. <laughs> you know? my, mouth skill, my mouth skills go right out to the window there for sure. Well, I like this one. What do you guys think of that castrine? It's delicious, right? Yeah, this is what we're yeah. most known for and what kind of put us on the map. So these last two whiskeys that we'll talk about are kind of one and done. They're experimental uh, you know, one and done styles of whiskeys to see what is next, what we can do, what works for us uh, since we are so early on in our stages. So good transition into our double oak is our third whiskey of the night. Double oak. Again, there's no legal definition as to what double oak means. That's just something you guys came up with. So what does it mean for you guys? When you say double oak on that barrel, what does it mean? Yeah, it's so after the initial barrel aging, we take a new American oak and we only char it to a level one. So the lowest level, so just a little char on that. And same as Woodford and same as what we do is we actually cut grooves inside of the barrel, uh, so almost like, like little waves, all across the staves to create more service area. And we get this balance of char oak and new oak, and then we age it anywhere from eight months to 10, or close to a year, depending on the rack. Jack Daniels did that. Uh, they did something interesting like that. If it was four or five years ago that was like a, 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 a screw cut on the inside of the barrel that yeah. did the same thing. It increased the, the surface area by like 33% or yeah. something, a lot more surface area. So here's the double oak, guys. Stick your nose in the glass, breathe in gently through your mouth. This is no white dog. This has got a lot of wood on it. This has got a lot of wood. What are you guys getting from this double oak? So that extra, that new oak, what are the nuances that come from that new oak for you? Brett, what are you getting, man? Did you try this one? Candy canes. Candy canes. Really? So sweet and minty. Logan, what are you getting? All right, all right. Take your time. It's okay. Ooh, I get, it definitely ups the oak a lot. Oh, yes, of course, of course. I get, I get almost like a tarry oak to it at the yeah. top of my palate, like bitter in a good way. It's, it's like maple. I get those maple notes again, but then this like dark, dark oak note. Oh, there you go. A sweet tobacco. That's good, Stephanie. 
once again, it just goes down. Goes down nice. Yeah. The spice, again, comes up right in front, but now the oak kind of melts it out, gives it nice and rich palate going down. You get this new, you know, those vanilla, those charles, the caramel, all those regular barrel, you know, smells and flavor profiles that you love in this whiskey, which is, you know, great. What are you guys getting back there on the double oak? One more sip, I'll tell you. All right. <laughs> I'll wait. Right on. Brown butter. Brown butter. That would, to me, I get yeah. brown butter from that uncharred oak. The same kind of note that you might get from a Chardonnay or something like that. Like, that's oak that hasn't been fired up. And this is proof down to 96. So this has some of the water in it, some of that richness, uh, some of the minerality that I like to find. And I believe this one hits you right up front, along with that spice, um, is that water source. Really wonderful. So Stephanie's going to come around with our final mark for the evening. This is another one-off, an experimental expression. Correct. So how many cases did you guys put out of the double oak? Uh, the double oak, pro this year, probably saw about 1,500. 1,500 cases, so yeah. not that much. Not that much. All right, so the port finish, where are you guys getting your port barrels? And don't tell me Portugal. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you Portugal. Uh, we do import barrels from Portugal. Uh, the, don't, the broker that we use does not release the bodega. I used to sell wine. That was the first thing I asked because I love port. Um, but what's unique about our port finish, which is a little different, it's not just Portugal. We actually use a local Maryland winery who specializes in port. Oh, wow. And we take half of their barrels as well. They're used port barrels, and we do half from Portugal, half from Maryland. Um, and this is what it comes down to with Sagamore. Um, I know we go, you know, Indiana and Source to get us kickstarted. End of the day, it's all about Maryland. It's all about being local, using local products. Um, a couple years ago, we got our first shipment of, you know, Maryland corn. We're trying to keep everything as local as possible. Um, our long-term goal will be 100% Maryland product, even to the barrel. How far down the road do you you see that happening? Uh, probably including the barrel 10 to 15 years uh, you know rye grain isn't as grown as an abundance out there not right. like it was back before prohibition um, you know it wasn't seen to be a cash crop um, so we're starting to work with local farmers um, Sagamore farm you know potentially might be grown rye there one time That's who cool. knows uh, we want to keep everything Maryland as possible, so if we have to start growing rye ourselves, you know, it's- You guys have the acreage to be able to do that? Oh, of course. And then tell me about the stills that you have at the new distillery. Uh, is it a pot still with a column still, or is it just a column still? Is it a hybrid still? How yeah. big is it? So I asked you four questions at once. It's all good. Uh, so we do have a column still, about 42 feet. Oh, wow. Yep. Six plated column still, where her name is Penny. <laughs> <laughs> And that's where we're doing the majority of our distilling right now. We do have a pot still. And so are you using like a, a wash still into a spirit still into the column or yeah, correct. How, how they work exactly. together? Exactly. So two said. pots two into the column. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. I was just crazy wild guess. I've never <laughs> been to a distillery before. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Production wise, we're making about 20 barrels a day. That's cool. Yep. That's a lot. Yep. So near future, there'll be a lot of Sagamore for everyone to drink. And you're storing them on the riverside, yep. the distillery, is the distillery and the rack house on the riverside there in Baltimore, or where? Yeah, so the rack house is at Sagamore Farms, which is about 20 miles north of us. Um, and that's where the water is, so we basically bring the whiskey to the water. 
and let it all marinate together. So, um, actually, I've never been to Baltimore before. What are your summers like? Are they very humid? They are humid. Um, they are hot. Good question. And then winter times, extremely cold. It snows there. The river is iced over. So the fluctuation in weather makes for great distilling and great barrel aging. But since you guys are just starting out at that distillery, you guys have no idea what your angel share is at this point, correct? Or no, no. We've, like I said, we've been aging barrels out in Baltimore since the beginning. Um, so every, you know, we try to keep everything in Baltimore if we can. Um, so we, you know, exactly angel share. It's about got it down to about four or five percent right now. That's a good, that's a good amount. Yeah. That means you guys definitely having some hot summers. Though. Oh yeah, so. we have some hot summers. <laughs> And so, some great color when you see the whiskeys. Yeah, look how ruddy this whiskey is. So finished in port. You can see it by just looking at it. It's got that nice, beautiful. Yes. Well, use your nose first. Stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth. What are you guys getting off this port finish? Brown sugar. That char of the bar port barrel really comes into play here. It gets like the smokiness of like mezcal. Oh, really? Interesting. Smoky comes, maybe the sweetness is bringing out the smoke. Interesting. We keep this at a 101 proof. We believe that the higher alcohol mixed with the, you know, easier drinking style of rye really helps play. And remember, all these are the same mash bill. So there was no, you know, differentiation just with the port finish or the double oak, the cast, all the same. I'm getting like a, a black pepper and plum, but also like there's an incense note on, on this for me. It's a certain floralness to mm -hmm. the... What are you guys getting back there off of this poor finish? <laughs> That's correct. Logan, what do you think? You got smokiness, huh? Kristen? Campfire. All right, I like that. I like it's that. just That's a great. kiss of pour. It's, I believe it's just enough, just a little bit enough sweetness to help balance the style of rye. Are you putting that whiskey into the barrel when it's wet so it's got a little like percentage of port in the whiskey? No, no, just they're old used barrels. Okay. Yeah, right. dried out. They're cuz you know, the wet like I said, going back to the weather, the the weather changes is crazy. So that whiskey is going in and out the barrel pretty dramatically. Um so it's uh mixing with that port wood, the used barrel so much that we're getting some great flavor from That's it. That's delicious. Yeah. And what kind of uh, output are you going to be able to do with this port finish? How many cases? How uh, many liters? A little, little less than a thousand we made of this, and it's almost gone. Oh, uh, so just in Southern California, I had this morning twenty, about twenty cases left. So and then for go the, and buy it. The, the <laughs> new spirit. Look, look over there. <laughs> <laughs> for the new spirit that you guys are putting out, are you using any smaller barrels? Is it everything standard fifty-three gallon barrels? Uh, so the port barrel was a little larger. Um, I believe it was closer to 60 because of port standards. Mm -hmm. um, everything's for the standard for the most part. As far as I know, um, they haven't, you know, maybe they have some cool projects that we don't know about that they're keeping in the back burner. You haven't seen any little little shorty barrels around or any port, no, port no, barrels? No, no, I have not. They, they keep me in California for a reason. And you guys are doing public tours at the distillery at this time? Public tours, you know, from 10 to 7, including the restaurant. Uh, eventually, we're going to start doing tours that include going to the farm. Uh, and we'll be all integrated with that. Well, definitely, if you're out in Baltimore, go check out the Sagamore Spirits Distillery. Yeah. Let's give it up for Mr. Brian Ponzi coming up tonight. And Sagamore Spirits, thank you, Brian. Appreciate it.
Does anyone else have any questions for Brian? Anybody? Please. What does a bottle go for uh, around, I see it for about 69 to 75. Yep. So everything's around that 60 to 70 range. You're not going to find any of our whiskeys in California for over that. So a, the port finish is definitely the highest. Um, like I said, don't have it. You can actually find those in total. They purchase a special order for those. Um, so go and buy it. But they have limited supply. So, yep. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Stephanie, guys. Appreciate Stephanie, it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget. Drink to remember. <laughs>